Life gets hard when you get down. I'm just trying to figure my shit out. What's going on, guys? My name is Mark Anthony Joe, and this is Coffee with Mark. I uh, I know it's been you know a week or so since I've I've been on here and recorded an episode. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited about this one. This one is, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's a bit of a turning point for me, if you will. Um, I've got some really, really big news. A lot of things have happened since the last time that we spoke. And, um, and I think that, you know, who knows for, for a lot of you, since a lot of you are part of the first form community and, you know, know me as a pillar within first form, um, this episode specifically, um, is for you guys. You know, it really is. Um, yesterday was officially my last day working at first form. So yesterday I quit my job, guys. I did. I quit my job, um, of several years and, um, you know, it was it was very, 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 very difficult. And I know that for a lot of you hearing this right now, you're, you're going to be shocked. I mean, completely shocked. Um, and there was there was a lot, a lot that went into the decision. Um, it's something that's been weighing on my heart and on my mind for months and months and months and months and months. I mean, a lot of you guys have seen um, or heard me talking about how, you know, I've been struggling mentally, emotionally, spiritually and um, and all of all of that plays into it, um, you know, sort of what has been going on at work, you know, has certainly contributed to it. Um, me sort of knowing that I was going to leave and 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 just not knowing when and, you know, really having to stick it out uh, without saying anything to anybody for a long time, you know, certainly played into it. Um, <clears throat> and I know that a lot of you guys, a lot of, are going to have tons and tons of questions. You know, why'd you leave? What happened? What's wrong? What's going on? Um, and and someday, someday maybe I'll I'll get into that. I I just I don't think that today is the day. You know, today is not the day. All right. Instead, what I really kind of wanted to do is I wanted to uh, really just paint the picture of how I, how I originally got involved with first form. And, and I think it would, it'll really help people understand, you know, my departure and also, um, sort of how I feel in this moment. Um, you know, and so you got to understand, like when I, when I first got involved with first form, I mean, it was a company that, that nobody, like literally nobody had ever even heard of it before. I mean, I, I, I'm originally from upstate New York, um, and a lot of you guys already know, like, I, I spent five and a half years in prison, and when I came home from prison, like, I, I had absolutely nothing. I mean, I had I had nothing. I had no, no clothes, no no shoes, no socks, no underwear, no place to live, no, no car to drive, no college education, no job experience. I had nothing. I was starting life over from scratch, you know, at the age of 25, and, and I did. I came home, and you know, I, I was already inspired at that at that moment. When I came home, I was inspired um, to to really just completely give, completely dedicate my life to serving other people. You know, that's I had already decided. Um, you know, I've talked several times here on the show about how I live with this looming sense of indebtedness. You know, to to God or to my parents or to society or to myself, you know, I just feel like I, owe um, because of the way that I, that I lived, um, before going to prison and, and that feeling of indebtedness, you know, it really does inspire me every single day to just give, 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 like give everything I got, you know, give everything I got. That's part of the reason that's, that's actually the primary reason why I started the show, you know, because I think that there's, you know, value, there's perspective, experience, there's a lot of lessons that I've learned along the way that I don't want ha- I don't want other people to have to go through the things that I went through to learn them, you know, and so I'm trying to give, I think that the things that I talk about here on the show are literally the most valuable things that I have to offer the world, you know, and that's why I do it for free, but, um, but anyway, you know, I was, when I came home from prison, I was already inspired by this mission, you know, to, to, to help, you know, make the world a better place to help as many people as I possibly could. And, um, and so what I did was I, I came home and I, 
immediately sat and sat for my personal training certification. Like really the, the, my thought process back then was like, man, I just want to help people. Like, I don't know exactly how I want to help people. I just want to help people. And I looked around, I'm really, really, really into like mental health, psychology, philosophy, things like that. And I would, I would love to get into that field and help people more, uh, psychologically and emotionally and spiritually. Um, but the fitness industry was a place where I could help people and it had a really, really low barrier to entry. You know, like I mentioned, I never, I never went to college or anything like that. I wasn't qualified to help people in some more in-depth ways, if you will. Um, and so I said, okay, cool. In, in order to become a personal trainer, all you have to do is be CPR, you know, AED certified and pass this test. Well, my whole life I've been a good test taker. I mean, I, I, I've always been a good student as well, but I've been particularly good test taker. I've never failed a test in my life. So I'm like, oh, for sure, you know, I can become a personal trainer. And and so that's what I did. You know, I, um, I sat for my personal training certification. Um, I passed the test and, and then I was a personal trainer. Okay. And again, you know, th- that really didn't get me anywhere um, because I had no former experience training anybody. I'd never been a personal trainer before. I also didn't have a job. I didn't have a, you know, I didn't have, you know, a a relationship, a way in to, you know, get a job at a gym, um, especially with no experience. Um, And I didn't have a gym. I didn't have any money. Like it was just, I had the certification and that was really it. And then one day I, um, you know, I, I was wandering around town and, you know, I saw that they were, um, putting in a new, um, a new anytime fitness in the town that I was staying in. My parents were letting me stay with them. And, and so I walked in and they were, I mean, they were honestly still finishing up, you know, putting the finishing touches on this place. I don't even think the gym was officially open yet, but I, I happened to meet the owner. The owner was there that day. And, you know, for whatever reason, I I made a good impression on, on the owner and, um, and I let them know that, like, hey, you know, I just got my personal training certification. I don't have any experience, but, you know, I'd love to, to help wherever I can. And, um, and this is like, uh, I mean, this is basically my first job experience ever. I'm like 25 years old. But um, so I, I, anyway, they, they agreed to, to let me, you know, really just cultivate some experience there in their space. And, and I did. I, I started out and, uh, and I just built a lot of relationships with the people in the gym and, um, you know, I, I tried my best to, to to just go above and beyond for every single person. And, and it was cool because every single day, you know, I really did wake up excited. I, I And I went to sleep fulfilled because I'd committed to helping people. And, and for me, like the, the fitness journey is about so much more than fitness. It's about so much more than weight loss. You know, going on a fitness journey for me, it, 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 it drastically changed my life. I mean, it was through diet and exercise that I learned things like patience and perseverance, like grit, mental fortitude, like discipline, attention to detail. Um, I mean, uh, I could go on and on and on, but it was, the point is, you know, the, you get so much, so much out of successfully completing a fitness goal, um, that, you probably, I mean, nine times out of 10, people don't go into it with the intention to gain those things. Those things are just, you know, a byproduct of the process. But those things, they carry over into every other area of your life. They change who you are. And that's what, that's a lot of, that's why a lot of times when somebody loses 50, 60, 70, 100 pounds, you know, they don't just become more confident and, you know, happy, they completely become a a totally different person. They become a more productive employee. They become a better father or husband or whatever it is. Um, And it's because of all the things that you take away from a fitness journey. And so even though I wanted to, you know, help people in a more in-depth way than just weight loss or whatever it is, um, but I, I wasn't quite qualified enough to do that. And I wasn't willing to go to college, you know, and kind of start that process. Um, you know, the going to sleep every night, feeling fulfilled that came from knowing that, man, even though on the surface, I'm helping these people with their fitness, um, I know that there's a much, much, much deeper, um, and more permanent change happening here. And so long story short, 
Um, I did. I operated as a personal trainer out of this Anytime Fitness. But honestly, it only lasted for a few weeks. It probably lasted, uh, I don't know, three to five weeks. If if I were to guess, my memory is not that great about certain things. But um, but it lasted for a few weeks. And and almost immediately, like, guys, I, I, I sort of have I have a business brain. You know, I'm, I've, I've been in sales my entire life. I mean, since I was, you know, 12 years, 13 years old. Um, and, and no, not, I mean, you, I mean, you guys can sort of draw your conclusions here. Right. But I went to prison for selling illegal substances. Okay. So, um, so I've been, I've been, I've been in sales forever and I learned how I learned business and sales in the streets, not necessarily out of a textbook. Okay. And, and it's just, it's just different. You know, I don't care what, I mean, you can think, whatever you want to think about it. Okay. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, sort of bragging here. Um, but it's just a different kind of business that you learn when you're, when you're literally doing business in secret, you're, you're selling a product you can't market. I mean, it just, it it forces you to get creative and, you know, really to, um, to think outside the box when it comes to building a business. And, and so anyway, you know, I'm looking at these business owners that own my anytime fitness and they, they've never owned a gym before. But also, I mean, they, they, they own other businesses, but they've been in their business space and, you know, they do things very textbook by the book. And, and I'm looking at their model. I'm looking at the, the, the price that they're charging people for personal training. I'm looking at the commission structure that I'm in. And I just it, none of it sat well with me. None of it. None of it did. You know, I just it wasn't like for them, for those people that own that gym, it was all about the money. You know, it was just how can I get the most money? the least amount of effort, the least amount of value possible. And for me, I just, I've never operated that way. Like literally, even as a drug dealer, okay, I I never, ever, 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 ever operated that way. It was always about how do I provide value that exceeds by far anything I ever asked for in return, you know, always, always, and, and always quality, you know, quality. Um, So anyway, you know, I, I, I very quickly started to get frustrated and started to get very, um, very critical of the of the model and the environment that I was in, and uh, and I started to it almost immediately start to think about okay how can I do this on how can I do this on my own how can I do it better um, how can I improve upon what I've learned here uh, and uh, and I did and I didn't so uh, I eventually quit my job I quit the job at the gym. Um, what was at the root of me quitting was, was the fact that, um, they were charging people, uh, like $45 a session for 30 minute sessions, you know, and then, uh, and I mean, a 30 minute session is great, but really I wanted to spend more time with my clients. I wanted to give them 45 minutes, an hour of my time, um, rather than just 30 minutes of my time. And in order to do that, these people had to pay $90 a session. And in order to uh, see me at the frequency that was ideal for them to reach their goals, okay, we're going to see me three to you know, five or six times a week. Well, okay, well, now you have, I, I, I got to the point where I had certain people that are paying you know, 15, 18, uh, $1,900 a month just to come in and train with me. And it's just, man, it was... Um, it was really, really getting out of hand, and, and I felt terrible about it, and, and the owners, they had my hands tied. They, they made me charge people for every, every minute that I spent with them, and, uh, and so it didn't sit well with me. I ended up quitting, um, and, I, and I figured, okay, well, maybe even if I have to train people at the park outside, like, fine, then that's what I'll do. You know, I'll just start from scratch, and, and what I did um, was I started looking around town for a... Um, like a studio or a place where I could ch- uh, train my clients. But the problem is that I was, I'm from a very small town. I live in a, in a very small town. That gym was like, that gym was the only other gym besides the, YM, the local YMCA that was even in that entire area. I mean, you had to drive 30 minutes in any direction to find another place that people regularly exercised. And, and so I was at a loss, you know, not only that, but I didn't have very much money. Like I said, I came home from prison with absolutely nothing, with nothing. And that was my job. That was the only job that I had. And I worked it for um, several weeks. But but even still, you know, and I made some commission, but I didn't have any money. I had no money. Okay. And so what happened next was just honestly, it was just incredible. Um, You know, it's something that I I can't attribute to anything other than, you know, God's good grace, honestly. Um, 
But I'm at a loss. I'm frustrated. I'm sitting at my parents' house. I don't know what I'm going to do. I just quit my job because I just didn't, I didn't ethically feel okay staying. Um, but I, and, and, and I was convicted, you know, like I'm, I'm convinced that I did the right thing, like charging those people that much money just to, just to get their life back together, you know, and helping them with this information that quite honestly, it, it was not very difficult for me to obtain, you know, I just didn't feel right about it. But anyway, so I'm sitting at home and this lady sends me a message on Facebook. Okay. First of all, to this day, I still don't even have Facebook messenger on my phone because I'm not very active on Facebook. So I, I don't know why I even had it. But anyway, I had it. And this lady sends me a message on Facebook. And she said, Hey, I heard that you're looking for a place to train your clients. And I'm like, huh, who the heck is this lady? Don't recognize the name. Don't recognize the photos. But she was right. I was looking for a place to train my clients. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I actually am looking for a place to train my clients. Do you have a place? And she's like, yeah, I have a place on Main Street. Like, okay, Main Street. Main Street is the is the street in this small town, in any small town. It's either Main Street or Broadway or something like that. Okay, Main Street in, in the small town that I'm from is the Main Street that runs through the whole town, which is, which in that town is, I mean, it's it's ideal real estate, you know, for a business. That's where you need to be if you want to be seen by the people in the town. And so I'm like, oh, man, this is great, but it's going to be super expensive, right? And so... She's like, it's not much, it's just a small place. You know, I honestly, um, it, it's not a gym at all. I used to use it and rent it out as a conference room for businesses. But, you know, you can, you're, you're welcome to check it out. And if you think that it will work, then cool, you know, you can use it. And so I meet up with this lady, okay, who honestly I'd never met before. She'd never met me, didn't know who, I didn't know who she was. She didn't know who I was. She just happened to reach out to me and, uh, and I see the place, okay, now, those of you that have heard me talk about my first uh, fitness studio before, um, you know that like, man, this place was not much, okay? And that's putting it lightly, okay? It was like, a, I don't know, 150 square foot, um, you know, just room, just conference room. It wasn't, it wasn't set up for a gym. It wasn't set up for people to train. I mean, it was never meant for people to use it in that way. Uh, it was just this old building, but it had big windows that looked right out, right out on the main street. And, uh, and you know what? It was something more than what I had. And so uh, th this is like honestly another one of those moments where I was just like, man, thank you, God. You know, like I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't attribute it to anything other than God's good grace. But this lady, again, not knowing me, not knowing who I am, my background, nothing, okay? I just told her, no, I don't even know if I told her that I didn't have any money or anything, okay? She said to me, hey, um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure, you know, I know you're just starting out in business and, and you know, if this is going to be your first studio, you probably don't have much to give me. So, you know, here, here's what I want to do. Why don't you just pay me a commission? Instead of paying me rent every month, you can just pay me a, a flat percentage of what you make. That way, if you don't make any money, you don't owe me anything. You know, I don't want to. And I'm like, man, like, how in the world could I have gotten so lucky, you know, for this woman? Because I truly, I didn't have, I didn't have a dollar to give her for as a down payment for rent or anything like that. I couldn't sign a lease, nothing, because I had no clients. I had no experience. I had, I had no money. And, um, and so anyway, I mean, it was just, it was amazing. I couldn't turn it down. Um, what I did with the money that I had was I took every single dollar that I earned while I was working at the Anytime Fitness and doing like odd jobs. Like I, I'd worked for my aunt and I, you know, stocked shelves overnight and stuff like that. I took all that money and I, I invested in um, like a set of dumbbells, a set of kettlebells and a used rower off of Facebook marketplace. Like that's where I, that's where I bought all of the stuff that I started my first studio with was on Facebook marketplace. It was honestly less than like 2000 bucks for all the stuff. And that's all the money I had. Like that's all the money I would, I would have loved to have get some more uh, equipment, but I couldn't afford it. And so I moved this stuff into this, this conference room, right. That became my studio. And I had Two clients that were willing to move from Anytime Fitness to come and continue training with me at a much lower rate, right? At a much more affordable rate. And that's sort of what I told my clients. Like, hey, I don't want to keep charging guys an arm and a leg. It's forcing me to leave. Um, but I will still help you guys, um, 
you know, as much as I can, as much as I always have. Um, and I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to try to figure out a, a more reasonable rate, something that's, you know, that that's sustainable. Um, and that's what I did. And so I moved, um, I had these two nice old ladies that were willing to con- move with me and they started training with me in the conference room. And I mean, this place, guys, I, I've posted a picture of it before, but it's like, man, if I showed up there, looking back, if I showed up there and I, I met a personal trainer and say, hey, yeah, come train with me. And then I show up to this place, I would have been embarrassed to work out there. So I don't even know how these people, you know, were, were so enthused about coming to train there with me, but they were, you know, and those two old ladies, man, long story short, um, I owe everything to them, you know, everything that I was able to build there because those two old ladies, they did great. They showed up consistently. Um, they really did. I mean, they, they had some 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 big motivators for getting healthy um, because they're older um, and they had some some health you know issues, some cholesterol and, you know, just regular stuff. Um, but um, but they did great. And, and slowly but surely they would go out and they would talk about me and I would go out and I would meet other people in the town and introduce myself and, and my client, my client load really just grew. Um, it, it seemed gradual at the time, but looking back, it was very, very aggressive. It was very rapid. It grew very fast. Um, to the point where I very quickly, I mean, only two people could fit in my studio at a time, you know, so it'd be me, two people at, at the most, um, and that just, it wasn't very, it wasn't very scalable. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't ideal. I would spend really, really long days at the studio every single day just so that I could, um, you know, so that I could see everybody, like honestly. And, but I was making great money. Um, the lady that offered me the studio for a commission rather than for rent, very soon she was making out like a bandit because I ended up paying her way more money every month than the studio was actually worth. Um, but hey, you know, she, I was okay with it because she had given me a chance. Um, and so then uh, I, I was looking for a bigger space. And another, like, honestly, just unbelievable opportunity came up. And what it was is there was a guy that was on the same street on Main Street, except he was at on the corner at an intersection where the only red light on that, you know, in that section of town. All right. So he's on the corner at the intersection at the light with huge, um, you know, big windows that overlook Main Street in a thirty five hundred. 3,400, 3,400 square foot, um, basically open space. Okay. And this guy had, um, really just inherited the building from his father who passed away and he was just looking for somebody to cover the rent. So he gave me this 3,500 square foot space for 1200 bucks a month. I mean, 1200 bucks a month. And, and, and it was perfect. I mean, it was perfect. It was on main street, prime real estate, big windows, wide open, you know, no walls, the whole space was open. Okay. And, uh, and so that just fell into my lap, 1200 bucks. I, at this point, just from commission, I was paying this lady like more than $1,200 a month just to use her 120 uh, square foot uh, conference room. Now I was going to move to a 3,400 square foot um, studio, like, like actual studio, um, for the same price. So it was just, it was incredible. Um, that, that happened. And and about at that time is when I also, uh, became certified in nutrition. I had taken, I mean, I've always been really, really interested in nutrition. I think it's incredible how the body works and, and things like that. And so, um, I'd started, um, I'd adjusted my business model, right. In a way that, that really strongly encouraged people to um, to take me up on my on the opportunity to work on their nutrition on their diets as well. You know, early on in those days, man, I had just decided that like my gym was never going to be a place like we we have all seen it, right? Like every every gym I feel like has like a few people or maybe even more than a few, but every gym has those people that they show up every single day, you know, consistently. They, they work hard, you know, maybe you walk in and there's that guy that's in like a hoodie and sweatpants on the tre- or on the elliptical, just crushing it, sweating through his, his hoodie and everything like that, right? That guy in there, you show up for uh, three months or six months or nine months straight, that guy's always in there working his ass off, but you know what? He never looks any different, 
right? He never looks any different. And, and for me, I have a soft spot for those people because those people, they're not failing for a lack of effort. They're showing up. They're putting in the work. They're failing because they just don't know what they don't know. And I, and I decided early on, even when I was in that little conference room, that like my place was never going to be a place like that. I was never going to have people that showed up and they put in the work, but they didn't see the, re the results that they were looking for. You know, and I knew that the missing piece for a lot of those people was nutrition. And that's why I structured my whole business around strongly incentivizing them to actually work on their, their, their nutrition so that when they showed up and they had fun and they enjoyed their workouts, they also saw the fruit of all that hard work. And so anyway, I, I got certified in nutrition. And this is when, when you start digging into people's diets, right? When you start looking at what are you eating on a daily basis, you notice one, you know, things that we're eating that maybe are, 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 uh, holding up our progress. And you notice too, the second thing you notice is the things that are missing. You know, like people, a lot of people, a very simple example is that so many people under eat protein. You know, protein is so incredibly good for you. It's so good for you, for your body composition, for your recovery, for muscle definition, for aesthetics. I mean, it is so incredibly good for you. And people drastic in our country, we, we under eat protein and we overeat carbs and fats. And so uh, even on a smaller scale, you know, micronutrients, vitamin D, things like that, okay? Um, and so as I started digging into people's diets, I started noticing more and more and more the things that were missing. And I'm like, okay, hey, if we're going to get where you want to go, we, we got to make sure we start adding these things in. And that, that moment is where supplements, you know, start to come to your mind. Okay, supplements are just, they're just tools, right? They're just tools. And I've always viewed it this way. I've always been um, really adamantly a whole food first sort of nutrition coach. And, and to this day, I'm a whole food first. I'm a minimalist, I, I, I like to think, when it comes to supplements. I don't just use supplements for the sake of it. I use supplements because I'm not eating those things through food. Um, so they're just tools that you can use to fill in the gaps that exist in your whole food diet. And they can. They can, they can really make a massive difference if you're inserting the right, the right supplement you know, in the right scenario to solve the right problem. And I understood that. I'd always use supplements myself. But, um, but I, I always um, resisted the urge to recommend supplements to my clients. And it was because I, I was, for whatever reason, I was acutely aware of the fact that they really, really trusted me. You know, like all of my clients, they, they trusted me almost blindly. Anything that I would tell them to do, they would do. And I'd earned that with them over a long period of time, working with them and giving them everything I've got. Um, and so I was so hesitant to recommend supplements at the time because God forbid, I didn't, I'm, I've always been this kind of person that if I understand what it's doing for me, I don't really care if it's good or not. Um, like if it tastes good, like I'm just going to drink it or I'm going to take it or whatever. Um, but I didn't want to facilitate a negative experience for my clients. I didn't want to recommend a protein powder, for example, and then have it go, you know, upset their stomach, give them gas or, or, or make them bloated or whatever. And then them attribute that negative experience to something that I asked them to do. I, I, for me, I just I wasn't willing to take that chance. And so for the longest time, even though I could help them move forward towards their goals, if I recommended supplements, I just wouldn't. I didn't want them to have that negative experience. And so it became a matter of urgency for me to start looking around in, in the supplement industry and trying to find a company that offered like a premium product, you know, like I remember back, I remember thinking back then, like, man, I don't care how much it costs. I'm just looking for the highest quality supplements that I could find because I think that, man, that that's the, that's the missing piece. If I could start recommending these supplements to my clients, man, a lot of them would get even better results right now. And, and so I started looking around and somehow, some way, again, you know, the grace of God probably, but somehow, some way I came across an ad for First Form. And at the time I had, I mean, I'm, I'd used supplements my whole life. Like even since, you know, being in middle school and high school, I mean, we, we use protein powder and things like that. So I, even I had never even heard of the company before. Never, never, ever, ever. But they had a cool ad. It was really cool. Um, and, and I, and I, it mentioned that they had some sort of like ambassador program or something like that. So it sounded honestly perfect for what I was looking for, except I never tried the products before. And so I ended up ordering, um, I ended up ordering some of the products, 
Um, the first product that I ever tried was just our, our post-workout shake, our protein shake. And uh, holy shit. I mean, to be honest, guys, I mean, it's by far. If you've ever had the post-workout stack um, from First Form, it's two products that you mix together after a workout and you drink it. It is by far the most delicious protein shake that you'll ever that you'll ever taste in your entire life i mean it doesn't even taste like there's protein in there it's insane um and so anyway i i got the product um i tried it it was unbelievable um and then i started i tried i dabbled in a, a few other of their products like their vitamins and greens and just things that i could potentially foresee myself recommending to my clients and um and I also happened to uh, stumble upon the owner of the company. His name is Andy Frisella, and I've talked about him here on the show before um, because he's just he's become somebody that I, you know, that I look up to, that I've learned a tremendous amount from. Um, I mean, I could go on and on and on about Andy, but back then, this is when the same time when I first stumbled upon him, and he had a podcast. He had a podcast back then that was called the MF CEO Project. In fact, this podcast is inspired by the MF CEO Project. Okay, but anyway, he had this podcast, and the and the whole the whole premise of it was that he had been in business for I don't know fifteen years or so before he even started it. And he'd, he'd, he'd gone through a lot of ups and a lot of downs. And on the show, he would just take a lesson that he had learned over the years in business and sort of just give it away to young entrepreneurs and teach them the, the ins and outs of being successful in business and su successfully um, just navigating you know, this landscape. And I'm obviously a young entrepreneur. I have no formal business experience, no college education, no, you know, none of that stuff. And so I'm taking what I've learned from my past um, and, and just doing the best that I can in the moment. Like, God, I, I make the joke sometimes like, man, I don't even know. I may have broken tax laws or, you know, and I've, I may have broken rules back then, but I just I wouldn't have even known it because I was completely ignorant of how to operate a legal business, you know, so. I, I started listening to this podcast around the same time and every single episode, man, I would learn, I would learn things that would help me either in business or in life. Um, and just one episode at a time, my business improved and improved and improved and I became better, 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 better. Um, and so I ended up also applying for that ambassadorship uh, with First Form and, and just trying to get an opportunity to sell the products and, and sort of incorporate that into my business. And, and it all worked out. Like it all worked out. My business was growing rapidly. They accepted me into their ambassador program. And very quickly I became um, like I just I, I just became I fell in love with I fell in love with the company. I fell in love with the mission, right? They talk a lot of, at first form about the mission is to help as many people as possible, you know, get real and long-term results, you know? And I, and, and I was already, con I was already committed to that, you know, for me, um, when I heard that it resonated with me so deeply, but the truth is I also was suspicious, you know, I, you hear a lot of companies talking about having good intentions, but I don't always, you know, I, I just don't always see the actions back up you know, the mission anyway. Um, and so even with first one, it was the same. I was sort of suspicious in the beginning because I knew that I was truly committed to that mission. And, uh, and I really didn't, you know, I just, I just couldn't, I never, I've never met a large group of people that were equally as committed to that mission as I was in that moment, because everything that I had been through up in my life up until that moment is what made me so committed to it. And I, I just couldn't wrap my mind around, you know, people being as committed as I was without having had to go through what I had to go through. Um, and so I took it with a grain of salt, but I did really enthusiastically, you know, embrace it. I really did. I fell in love with the company. I fell in love with the people. I fell in love with the mission. And, uh, and I very quickly became, I, I did well, I did well in relative terms as one of their ambassadors um, to the point where one day I, you know, I kind of won this award um, they wanted to fly me out to St. Louis, where First Form headquarters is, to sort of meet the crew and just have a celebratory weekend for all the hard work that I had done and the contribution that I had made. And, um, and long story short, okay, I, um, 
Um, oh, and I guess I skipped this part, but my business was doing better than ever, not only because I was listening to the MFCEO project and Andy was teaching me all of this really valuable stuff, but also because, you know, the supplements really do, they, they really did help. My, my clients loved them. Um, I had this, now I had a second stream of income. Um, my people were doing better than ever because it was easy and it was enjoyable for them to actually meet their goals, both nutritionally and showing up and doing their work. Um, so it was, it was just a really good time. I mean, you know, things were in full swing and, and, um, and all the hard work had paid off. And so I, I fly out to St. Louis and I meet everybody. And, and this was when I really said, man, you know, maybe like, I just can't believe it. Maybe they're serious. You know, maybe they really mean it when they, when they're talking about this mission, man, man it's real, you know, it's real. These people, these people are really, really committed to what they're trying to do. And I just, you know, at the time, um, Andy used to, he used to talk, you know, within, within first form anyway, not much on the podcast, but he used to talk about, um, really everything that was wrong with the fitness industry and everything that was wrong with the supplement industry. You talk about, you know, these companies that just make the cheapest possible product and they just, they run these like, Hey, buy, you know, buy one, get, get four free, you know, promotions because they just, they're just trying to compete with each other on a price point. And Andy's whole idea for First Form was that he wanted to he wanted to prioritize quality. He was going to create a premium brand. He used to say the Rolls Royce of supplements. I'm gonna I'm gonna create the Rolls Royce of supplements. And granted, they're not we're, we're not gonna be able to do those you know gimmicky promotions. We're not gonna be able to do buy one get one free. In fact, we're probably gonna have to charge more per container than any other company because we're gonna we're gonna make it the right way. We're gonna prioritize quality and it's gonna be more expensive. But you know what? If people care about the quality of things that they put in their body, then they'll buy it. You know, and he took a risk because at the time nobody in the industry, nobody in the industry was 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 prioritizing quality. All these companies were doing least cost formulation, which is just, you know, basically make the cheapest product you can and 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 have the biggest margin you can, right? Um, and so that to me was was really inspiring and it resonated with me a lot uh, because that's how I'd always operated as well. You know, even in my former life, that's how I operated. Um, and so uh, he, he used to talk a lot about that. He used to talk also a lot about the culture in the fitness industry, about how, you know, the fitness industry was supposed to be welcoming and inviting. It was it was a place where most people needed this space. They did. You know, there was he, he would talk about how, you know, it, it's it, it's a shame that the only people that really feel comfortable and welcome here are the people that are already there, the people that already have have completed their fitness journey. You know, the, the jacked and the tan, the, the bodybuilders and the bikini chicks and, 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 and how the other 99% of people out there, the people that are overweight and out of shape and unhealthy and living sedentary lifestyles, those people are the people that need this industry the most. And those people are the people that feel most unwelcome, most intimidated you know, most lost in this space. And, and he wanted to change that, you know, and he, and he blamed these big companies, these big supplement companies. He blamed, you know, the fitness industry as a whole, gyms and things like that for the reason why the culture had deteriorated to such a place where the people that needed this industry the most were the people that didn't feel welcome or invited, right? And so First Form was going to be that place. First Form was going to be the catalyst for change, the change, the cultural change that the industry needed. And for me, holy shit, man, when I would hear him talk about this, it would fire me up so much because, again, before I even knew about First Form, all right, that's what I was trying to do. That's what I was trying to do in my gym. In fact, I'll share a little bit. I don't share too much about the, the business model that I had because I love it. And now I coach people. I coach people on how to build successful businesses, not only within the fitness space, but in the fitness space. And so I'm not going to give away everything. But one of the things that I did back then was that I I decided that I was going to make my gym a place for those people, those people that didn't feel comfortable or welcome in, in, in walking into a commercial gym on their own. And and like I I mean, I took it so seriously that and I, and I've always been an athlete but like when athletes or you know even people that were in particularly good shape would come and they say they want to train with me I would honestly refer them somewhere else like um I I wouldn't let the only people that were allowed to work at my gym work out at my gym were these women 
who were, you know, let's say 25 to 75, but also people who had weight to lose, you know, and who were just your everyday average people that, that were looking to be a little bit healthier, feel a little bit better, look a little bit better. That's, that's it. That was my, that was my niche, you know, and I know that that encompasses a broad group of people. Um, but again, the athletes, you know, the fit, the people that, that came to me for other reasons, um, I, I would, I would just refer them somewhere else because I, I didn't want to take a chance that I'd have, you know, a really, let's say a really attractive guy in the middle of all these overweight women that I'm helping, you know, that, that, that guy would make them feel uncomfortable. Like I wasn't going to foster another environment where those people that needed this space felt uncomfortable. And so, um, and so when I would hear him talk about that and talk about how first form was going to be that place that was welcoming and inviting that provided the, the education, the accountability, the support, um, that they needed in order to not only get started, but, but keep going. Um, it just, it, it really did. It appealed to me so much. And that's what I mean when I say I fell in love with the mission. The mission was to, to inspire a positive cultural change in the fitness industry as a whole, you know, and make it more a more welcoming, inviting and inclusive space for the people that really, really needed the industry. And and man, I just I, I loved it anyway. So so I continued to do well. I started to build my business, scale my business. Eventually, I had not only did I have the fitness, uh, the gym. OK, but I also had a nutritional coaching business, a personal training business, a massage therapy studio. And then I and I was just starting to add um, yoga. All right. There was going to be uh, regular yoga classes at my gym when I took another trip to St. Louis. And on the second trip to St. Louis, what happened is one of the executives here, he basically uh, cornered me, for lack of a better word. Right. And he said, hey, Mark, you know, listen, I know that you're doing really well out there in New York. Um, you know, your, your gym is booming, you're doing great. Um, but you know, if you'd ever think about changing, you know, changing careers or making a change, um, I know that we could really use a guy like you out here, you know, and I know that you're, you're involved, you're doing really well with us. And if you could come out here and teach other people, um, how to do what you're doing right now, I think that we could, we could, we could have a much greater impact, you know, both you as an individual and us as a team, um, if we had more people out there like you and without, I mean, with no hesitation, I mean, you guys got to understand, <laughs> he was basically asking me to give up everything, everything that I had worked for. Like I came home with nothing and now I was making five figures a month. Um, and I was, and I loved my job. I woke up every day excited and motivated. Um, I was building multiple different businesses I mean, this is all within a, you know, basically a year's time of coming home from prison and having nothing, you know, and, I, and now I'm making, I'm a six figure earner and I'm, and I'm doing well, right. And I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything that I said I was going to do before I came home. And he was asking me to give up everything that I had done to move away from my parents, my friends, my family, um, my clients again, after, I, I mean, I just spent five and a half years in prison. I, I, I spent five and a half years away from my friends, family and clients. Right. But he was asking me to give up everything I had done and move away from my friends and family again, uh, a thousand miles away across the country to a city I'd never, I'd never been to before and where I didn't know anybody. Um, and without hesitation, like with no hesitation, I told him, dude, I'll be there. When can I start? You know, and he, he was, he was kind of taken aback, you know, what do you mean, dude, what are you going to do with your gym? Ah, I don't know, man, I'll figure it out. You know, I'll figure it out. But all I could think about in that moment was how I, I was truly committed to the mission. You know, I really was, um, everything I had done was, was in an effort to, to make a bigger impact, to help more people. And, um, and with First Form, First Form had just been at it for so long. You know, they had, they had more resources. They had um, better information. They had a, a, a system that was already developed. And there was an opportunity for me to help other people become effective 
helpers of other people. <clears throat> and I said to myself, man, I could have a, a, a massive impact in my little small town and my community, or I can go and teach people all over the country to do what I've been doing, and I can have a, a, an exponentially bigger impact. You know, that was my thought process. And not only that, there's also the variable that Andy at this point through his podcast, he didn't even know it. We'd never even met. But through his podcast, Andy had taught me more than, you know, perhaps any other individual human being ever, um, ever. You know, a lot of my success I would contribute to or I would attribute to things that I learned on the podcast. And so, you know, I thought about that as well. And I'm like, man, the opportunity to work for a guy like that, of course I would, of course I want to go, you know. So without hesitation, I said, dude, I'll start. I'll start. And, um, and I was still on parole, so it was like a big process even trying to get my parole transferred from New York to Missouri. But I did it, and eventually I moved out. I left my, my, my parents. Oh, my God, my parents were, 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 were devastated because I, they, in their minds, they just got me back. You know, they just got me back, but I, I had to tell them, like, guys, I, I have to do this. You know, like, I have to do this. This is what my life is all about now. You know, it really is. And whatever it takes, whatever it takes, I'm willing to sacrifice everything for my mission. You know, I really am. I thought about this for years when I was sitting in prison. I thought about this, you know, I, I not to get, you know, sad or morbid or anything like that. But, man, I should have been dead so many times. You know, I, I think about all the people, all, all my friends, my big brother, the people that died, you know, at 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. Um, and honestly, you know, a lot of, I've been 10 times more reckless with my life than a lot of those guys. You know, I think about the guys that I left behind in prison, the guys that'll literally never see the light of day again, or, or the guys that'll be stuck in the system. Just, you know, the revolving door that we've all heard about in and out of prison for the rest of their life. I think about that and I think about, man, I don't know how many times I've made the same decision Right. I don't know how many times I made the same decision. How many times could I have gone in and out of jail or in and out of prison? You know, I could have spent the rest of my life in prison. And I, and I just, you know, and that's what that's what inspires that feeling of indebtedness every day, that feeling like I owe. And I and I I know that I'm, I'm living on on a borrowed chance. You know, I really am. I threw I threw my chance at life away. I really did. When I was 18, 19 years old, I threw it away. I was so reckless. I could have take, I could take it or leave it. And for whatever reason, I was given a second chance, you know. And so I know my parents in that moment, they didn't understand, but 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 this is what this is what I'm here to do. You know, it's to give, it's to contribute. It's to, and uh, and so I did. My my dad, you know, my dad cried. It was the it was the first time I ever seen him cry. And then. Um, he also told me that he was proud of me, and that was the first time I remember him ever saying those words, um, which, I mean, he's amazing. My dad is the best man I've ever known, but he's just not very expressive in that way, you know. So um, so anyway, I, I did. I, I walked away from my own business, uh, all of them. You know, I walked away from my clients. I, I walked away from everything I'd built. Um, I put everything, everything that I could fit into a car um, – that's all I took. You know, I didn't bring anything else with me. I didn't bring a mattress. I didn't bring dressers. And I, I didn't bring anything. Any, all I could fit in my car is the only, th only stuff that I took. I got in the car and I just started driving. And I, I drove to St. Louis. Um, I got this like cheap, 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 cheap. I mean, the cheapest apartment I could find. That's what I got. The, the people that worked at HQ, they suggested like several different apartment complexes. But they were all like you know, expensive. They were, they were out of my budget, to be honest. Like, yeah, I was making good money back, um, back in New York, but something I haven't talked about a lot is that I actually took a drastic, I mean, drastic pay cut. I, I was making, when I moved, when I walked away from my businesses, um, and I moved to St. Louis. Okay. I, I literally, I mean, my pay got cut in more than half. I probably took a 75% pay cut because I had gotten to the point where, you know, I was making between thirteen dollars and $15,000 a month uh, back home. And I came to St. Louis and I started at First Form for $40,000, $40,000. All right. And so um, 
to go from you know 130 to 160 or 170 um, a year to 40 a year is just massive pay cut. But I did it because it was never about the money for me. You know, like I say that, and some people say that. Some be, a lot of people actually say that. Oh, money's not that important to me. It's not about the money to me. But but their actions really don't support that. But I've shown that time and time again. And it's not that I feel like I have to prove it to anybody because I don't. I, I really don't care what you think. Um, but the truth is, I was making a lot of money. I was making good money, and I and I took and I sacrificed it all just to come because that's how important you know the cause was to me and 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 um, and the opportunity to contribute. And so I did. I moved, and and I was I was going to be making forty grand a year, and so I got the cheapest apartment I could find. It was like this. I mean, I was basically in the ghetto. Okay, I I, I stayed in this basement apartment with three apartments directly above mine. So I, would, you know, I never the walls were paper thin. I could hear literally what they were watching on TV. I didn't have anything in my apartment other than a mattress. When I got here, I bought a mattress and a box spring um, and some like stuff for the kitchen. Okay, to the point, like guys, <laughs> to the point where where when my parents actually decided to come out to St. Louis for the first time to visit me, my mom literally walked in my apartment and cried. She literally walked in and started crying immediately. And she's like, Mark, you're not in prison anymore. You got to get some furniture. <laughs> like it was uh, it was sad, but it was also funny. Uh, but it was sad because she was, you know, she was devastated that I was living in, in this apartment um, and the only thing in there was like my bed, like that was the only thing in there. So anyway, I came out and, um, and man, it was just, uh, it was just incredible. You know, I, I, day to day, I just get fixated on what I'm here to do. You know, I'm not somebody that like, I don't get involved with drama or politics or anything like that. I just, I just put my head down and I just outwork everybody. And that's, that's quite honestly what I did when I first showed up to First Form. I think none of those guys would dispute that. Um, you know, I show up every. I would show up at the at the, at the office every morning at like four a.m. and I'd be there until late at night. You know, every single day. I mean, the early the early days of First Form were so incredible because, you know, it was just like online. It looked one way. Like on social media, it looked so put together and polished and awesome. But in reality, like we were just a bunch of kids just trying to figure it out. You know, just doing everything that we possibly could, inspired by a sense of purpose and passion, inspired by the mission, you know, and the opportunity that we had. There's people that were knocking on the door like, hey, you know, what's this all about? And we had to we had to tell them we had to spread the gospel. And um, and that's what I mean, dude, it was it was cool. But like to put it in perspective, like at an old HQ when I first started working there, we, we literally used to have to like park our cars close enough to the building that the Wi-Fi would reach, you know, because we didn't have enough room. We didn't have enough desk. We didn't have enough space for people to actually work. We would, you know, a lot of us that would spend all day. I mean, I was in sales and so I was on the phone all day, but you know, you spend all day on the phone. We would, we would get 30, 40,000 steps a day because we would just literally walk around the building taking laps all day long, talking on the phone. Um, and so it was just, man, it was cool. It was exciting. It was, um, humbling. Um, it was definitely humbling starting back at, you know, $40,000 and starting from scratch, but it was cool, man. And, and almost immediately, um, I became one of, I mean, our, our top salesperson, um, at, at headquarters and, um, and, and that trend, you know, continued as we grew and we, we moved, eventually we moved from old headquarters to the new headquarters. And, you know, we're just really, again, just trying to figure it out, just trial and error, trying to learn as much as we could, but while also teaching as much as we could connecting with our customers, uh, customers as much as possible, really trying to foster that community, that sense of inclusiveness, um, that we, that we, that we set out to create in the industry in the first place. I mean, it was just it has been so freaking beautiful. You know, it's been awesome. It's been so fun. Um, but as with almost every company, as you grow, things start to evolve. People start to evolve. Um, you know, and um, yeah, you know, I guess that's, that's all I'll say about that. You know, the company has grown a lot. I mean, it's grown a lot. Even the, the space where I operated, which is called the Legionnaire program, it's grown a lot. It's evolved. Um, the people that I originally, I mean, the people that I that were working there when I started working there 
are now obviously those people are all pillars in the in the in the in the company but they're like the minority there's only a few of us you know it was only a few of us now there's hundreds of people that work there that i mean i look at them every day and i don't even know i see new faces everywhere i look you know and um and and man i'm still i'm still as enthusiastically committed to the mission um to my mission as i ever was you know i really am Every single day I wake up inspired and with a sense of urgency about helping helping people, you know, the people around me. You know, I just want to I want to contribute to other people's lives in a positive way. I want to I want to help inspire a, a positive change in the culture, maybe not in the fitness industry, but in America. You know, I want to be a leader and a role model. I want to set an example for people of what living life is all about and. You know, one of the things that I'm really passionate about these days is inspiring people to believe that you could do or be anything. You could do anything that you're, you're willing to sacrifice and work for. You really can. Like when I look at people who go to work every day at a job that they hate, it makes them miserable. Um, I just and they and they view it as like some sort of sense of duty, like they're doing it out of duty or obligation. No, 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 no. That is that is disgr that's disgraceful. You know, you have a duty and an obligation to God or to yourself, to live, like to live your life, you know, to do what makes you happy, what inspires you, what lights you up. And, and you can make money doing anything. So why the hell would you ever spend 20 or 30 years doing something that you don't enjoy? You know, you're going to spend more time working than you will arguably doing anything else in life other than sleeping. Okay. So, I mean, as the company has grown and evolved and as the people running the company have grown and evolved and as i've grown and evolved um i've just come to this place uh where i still love the company i love the people i love i mean i love the products um i love andy i love sal um i just i just didn't love showing up um every day anymore you know and there's again there's a there's a lot there's a lot of reasons there's a lot of things that contributed to it and you know I just I'm not going to get into it today today's not the day um but something that I've been trying to be very very cognizant about something I've been trying to keep at the forefront of my mind and and just be be mindful not to fall into this trap and I've talked about this on the show before, but I think human humans have a tendency, like human nature is to, you know, love a person, right? You like a person, they're great. And then they do one bad, one thing that you don't like or you don't agree with, or they rub you the wrong way one time, or they say one thing that, you know, is disrespectful or rude or whatever. And now all of a sudden you don't like the person. But, but what happened, what just happened is that, you know, we magnify, you know, downfalls, and we minimize uh, our shortcomings and we minimize um, great qualities, right? And so uh, what I'm trying to be really, really mindful of is that overall, right, my experience at First Form uh, as a whole, like the company as a whole, is overwhelmingly positive. It's contributed to my life exponentially more positive than it has negative. You know, the, the amount of joy, the amount of uh, fun, uh, fulfillment uh, that, I've, that I've gotten there, it, it, it exceeds by far the amount of stress and frustration that I've ever experienced. And then also on a, on a personal individual level, the people that, you know, that are in charge, the people that I've, that I've showed up to work with every single day for the past several years, you know, the people that I've gone to war with, okay, that's, what, that's how I feel, um, you know, each one of them as individuals, man, they've contributed more joy and fulfillment and love and, 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 and you know, just value to my life um, than they have stress or frustration, you know, even though there are things that I'm frustrated about. Um, and so that being said, I have nothing, you know, I've got, no, I've got, that's why I keep saying, man, today's not the day because I have nothing bad to say, um, it's been incredible. 
it really has. It's been it's been incredible, um, and I love those guys. You know, I love Andy, I love Sal, I love Aaron. You know, I love I I, I love those guys. Um, but it's time for me to turn the page um, and start a new chapter in my life. And you know, I hope that you guys stick with me. And uh, yeah, I love you guys, man. I just want to give you a life update. You know, tell you how it started and tell you where it's at. Um, thank you for listening as always. And if you love the show, if you like the show, if you enjoyed the show, uh, share it, please. You know, do me do me that solid. Share the show because this is something that I'm going to start making more of a priority because I love connecting with you guys. I really do. And I love helping in any way that I can. So I love you. I'll talk to you next time.